Welcome into the soft episode of New Normal Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Pierre, joined by my two co-hosts, Derek and uh, Isaiah. It's been a minute since our last pod. How you guys doing? Good, man. Can't complain. Just yeah. Living. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people, you know, are complaining right now, but I'm, I've been enjoying this season. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to cap. I've been enjoying watching this stuff. It's fun. So with the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we we could go, we could really go ahead and get into it. Uh, they're two and four. Um, it's an extremely, I guess, up and down team. Um, what's you guys like vibe on the team so far through this, I guess, first quarter of the season? It's cool, like, like we were talking about before we start recording, where it's I had us at three and three. We're two and four. Like it is what it is. I didn't expect us to be this like juggernaut Baltimore Ravens type team. Yeah. But it's just we don't look. I don't like I said I don't expect like a, a thirty point per game offense, but we just look so out of it. Yeah. It's between Hurts, between the court, uh, between Sirianni, Sirianni, between the receivers, between the O lines, lack of health. Like you know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's everything. But at the end of the day, we got a, like I said, we got a rookie, a head coach, second year offense coordinator, first year QB coach technically a rookie quarterback uh a rookie number one wide receivers two second year you know wide receiver two wide receiver three so i can't ex- i can expect you know growing teams i could be yeah. i can afford to be patient you go ahead sir. yeah man i'll yeah um I've, I've, i'm not gonna lie I, like i said i've been excited about the season um just one of the things that's different about Nick Sirianni from Doug Peterson is the fact that Nick plays the young guys, you know. That's been exciting watching Quez Watkins especially, you know, go from training camp, being a star in training camp, and now, like, actually making plays on the football field. I love watching stuff like that. Also, Jordan Mailata has been playing well. Um, Andre Dillard, surprisingly, playing well. Um, You know, Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell definitely would not have gotten snaps under Doug Peterson, but under Nick, Nick is giving him a shot to like make plays and stuff. So I, I appreciate just watching the young guys out there. You know, it's it's fun to get up every Sunday and think about the potential of this uh, Eagles offense. Yeah, and um, you know, like I said, it's been an extremely like up and down team. Um, I think with the I guess like Jekyll and Hyde team type of feel they have, you really don't know what they what this team is right now. You know, they really don't have an identity on offense. Um, and I think it's. It's very inconsistent, and I think, like, those inconsistencies, they're just who this team is right now. You know, Derek, you just talked about it. They're young. Like, the quarterback, this is what he's making. He's going to be making his 10th. 11. 11 start. Yeah, 11 start next Sunday. Uh, Sirianni, he's a fresh-year play caller, fresh-year head coach. You know, I think it, all of this is just a mark of a young team. A big, a big deal that not a lot of people talk about is the play of the Eagles in the second half. This is a yeah. team that no matter what happens in the first half, they gonna fight. Yeah. Came back versus yeah. Carolina. Came back versus Tampa Bay. Came back versus uh, Kansas City. This yeah. team fights like they. A lot of young guys will sit there. Oh yeah, we played Pat Mahomes today and just kind of go down, you know, seventeen three or whatever, and be like, all right, I'm a soak. Like we're not gonna come back, but they do. Oh, we play Brady. We gonna come back. Like they're not. They sit there and you can see the crowd get behind them too. So it's like. You're just kind of like watching these kids grow up. Yeah, and I think that's a mark, or that's like, uh, what can I call it? It's a, I don't know. It's because of Jalen Hurts, I think. Um, you know, the type of leader he is, the way he can get guys to, you know, like rally around him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a proponent of, of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that Jalen is just, you know, he's just fun to be around because he always yeah. has this like great energy about himself. Like, even when he first came, that first press conference he had, he was talking about, like, the rent is due. That's such a great, like, (laughs) you know, phrase. It's something, like, you don't expect a first-year starting, because this is the first-year starting, the first-year starting quarterback to, like, you know, come off with that poise and that, like, you know, energy. But that's who Jalen is, and that's who he's always been. So I I appreciate that. And not to harp on Wentz, like, he out of here. I'm over (laughs) But hearing Jalen go, you know, I I need to look at the film and see what I need to work on instead of hearing I am what I am. Like, this is, you know what I mean? Like, 
Hurts could very well say that, hey, you know I'm flawed. You know this is what I do. You know I escape the pocket and use my legs. He's like, look, I know what I need to work on. I'm going to, you know, go in a uh, go in a film room and I'm going to work on exactly what I need to do. I'm going to talk to the coaches. I'm going to do this. Right. I'm going to improve. Yeah, and, and like, I think but also, the fact, also the fact that, like, Jalen Carson – when he talked about, oh, I need to look in the mirror, I need to do better stuff, he would come back the next week and do the same stuff. Yeah. Jalen has shown improvement. While it's been slight, it's been a little slow, but he's shown development over the course of the season. Like, you see, sometimes he'll step up in the pocket and make a throw to Devontae Smith, and you're like, yo, just do yeah. that yeah. for him. Like that throw, yeah. like the throw he had on Thursday to Devontae over the middle. Like, over the middle. That's development, yeah. Or the right, bomb right, right. to Quez versus Carolina where he stood in the pocket yeah. instead of, you right. know, scrambling to the right, sidestep, stepped up, 50-yard bomb. Like, that's plays he right. wouldn't have made two, three weeks before that. Right. So, you know, you say congrats. I mean, not congrats to Brian Johnson, but, you know, good job to Brian Johnson. You're doing a good job so far, but, you know, keep it going. It's not over. season not over. Yeah. And so uh, that, like, segue, that was a good segue into our next, uh, I guess, topic or whatever. Um, with Hurts, uh, that's the biggest thing this year is finding out what they have in him. So at the halfway mark of the season, on a, I guess on a scale of one to five, what is you guys' evaluation of him? Probably a three. Not in oh, terms yeah. of – a lot of it is I've seen outside – I'm going to just throw that at Atlanta tape out. I don't know what that was. But see, I can't, but, I, can't throw, I can't throw that out because to me it's that, just, that's what – this team, this offense is under Sirianni, like at its, I guess, ceiling or whatever. It's That's just the five weeks outside of that, it didn't really look like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what we saw, the screen game was amazing. Uh, the run game, like I don't know what happened that one, that first week, and then it, maybe they watched film and was like, yeah, we're not gonna do that again. Like I, I just don't really get it. But if you include that, then yeah, I do think that's what the offense at its best will look like. You know. Third year Jalen Hurts, uh, second year Devontae Smith, third year Quez Watkins, what is it, sixth year Dallas got I think in years, years from now, we'll look our offense will look like that. But seeing like you said, there's a lack of identity. Seeing that change week in and week out where you don't know what this team is gonna do. I feel like that's part of Hurts. Hurts missing easy throws, Hurts missing deep balls, Hurts escaping. But then you see Hurts standing in the pocket and delivering a deep ball. Hurts hitting Devontae Smith across the middle. Dallas Goddard with anticipation. So you won't, you see Hurts and you're like, all right, well, this is a 23-year-old making his 10th start. Yeah. This is why he looks bad. And then you see why they got rid of Wentz for Jalen Hurts, you know, two yeah. possessions later. And you're like, all right, this makes sense. So I give it a three. He hasn't, like I said, he hasn't looked amazing. We're still two and four. But there's there's a lot of – it's not that – he can't get to that five, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I would probably have to give him around somewhere around like a B minus, which is like um, eighty-one out of hundred points, somewhere like there. I think that he's he's missed a lot of reads. You know, I think he's missed a couple people sometimes, and it's like you know sometimes he's late to uh, you know react and stuff like that, and he's late to get out of the pocket, or he escapes out of the pocket earlier, just you know. You know, so there's still some things with Hurts that you, you know, that's kind of frustrating. But when you see him make those, you know, anticipation throws, you know, those throws, you know, fourth quarter Quez Watkins, you know, when you see him rally the team like that, it's like there's there's no way. I I, I believe in this guy. I yeah, believe in this 100%. guy. 100%. Like, to get better, 100%. I believe in him to get better. I believe in him that he actually, like, cares about his talent, like, carving that out and, you know, becoming a franchise quarterback for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, um, and this might be cheating a little bit, but I have them at a 3.5. Um, I think the past three weeks, they've like kind of like perfectly encapsulated what Hurts is right now. Um, you know, against KC, you know, we saw him throw for, what, 387 yards, two touchdowns, I think two of which were wiped off the board. Yeah. Um, against Carolina, you know, the, they had the slow start. But, you know, after halftime, you know, like you guys said, he rallied the team and they kind of rose up around him, which I, I know that, you know, uh, the reason they were in the game is because of the defense. But on offense, you know, he had to do his job, and he did it. Um, and it came out with the win. And then against Tampa Bay, um, again, in the second half, they 
can't, they were they were right there. But you know, I just think they're right now with what they're doing with him, they're putting too much on him. Um, like with the type of quarterback he is right now, and I don't think this is a slight to him or anything like that because it's been what people have said about him during his like draft process and things like that. He's a limited quarterback right now. Um, you know, Isaiah, you touched on it. His he's kind of I guess slow to go through his progressions. Um, he isn't that decisive of a thrower. You know, I tweeted it the other day. You know, he has to work on his see it and hit it type of throws. Um, and I think there was a there was a stat. I think it was on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Hurst, he's, he's accounted for 77.3% of the Eagles' offense. That's not conducive to success yeah, that's at not, all. That's not normal. Like, that's not a winning formula. Yeah. Like, you're running the ball one time in the first half of, of an NFL football game like that. Where, do, where or how is this supposed to help your second-year quarterback? And a big, a big issue is coming out of high school, Jalen Hurts was a superstar. Granted, yeah. but a lot of his offense in high school was reliant on him being this mobile guy. At the end of the day, when you watch four-star, five-star quarterbacks play against non-four-star and five-star players, they look like like a 99 overall on you know NCAA 12, where you're just running all over the field for 300 yards. That's what he was doing. When he got to Bama, they were still in that 1990s type where we're going to run the ball over and over again. And even Nick Saban said it. He was like, it's not that Jalen wasn't a quarterback. They didn't have Sarkeesian yet. He was like, they folk, they're, they relied on the run game. Yeah, Tua was more developed as a passer, but that's why he made the change. But he was like, it's not like Jalen couldn't do it. We just never asked him to do it. He went to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley was like, look, he's not a pocket passer. I'm going to do a lot of pre-snap motion. We're going to rely on the run game, but I'm going to get him out of the pocket mm-hmm. and let him be Jalen. So I feel like an issue was how we said with Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, let Carson be Carson. Let Nick Sirianni needs to let Jalen be Jalen instead of just sitting there hoping that he could be a Joe Burrow or, you know, Justin Herbert, where he stands in the pocket, scans the field. That's not what he does. Yes. I want him to eventually get to that point where we don't have to roll him out, you know, 20 times a game for him to be a good passer. But like the play that uh, Zay just talked about fourth quarter, Kez Watkins, Quez Watkins on the sideline when he rolled out and made that, that dart. That's stuff that not a lot of quarterbacks can do. Yeah. So using that in the over the course of the game plan is is needed. Yes, he does need to develop as a pocket passer. Yes, he does need to be able to go through his progressions, but allowing him to be the athlete slash quarterback that he is is I feel like it's key. Yeah, and this is jumping you're at that uh I guess the end of your point and kind of jumping into our next topic on Sirianni. Um He's failing to do exactly what he said. What he, what he talked about all offseason, uh, putting his players in positions to succeed and building the scheme of the offense around what his players do well. Outside of week one, he hasn't done that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, for you, again, for you to expect Jalen Hurts to be able to drop back 50 times in the game and just scan the field and, like, that's not who he is right now. Of course, you know, like Derek just said, we want him to be that one day, but that's not who he is right now. Yeah, and then having outside of Smitty, we don't have wide receivers like a Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to harp on Justin Jefferson. That is what it is. Broke my heart. But a guy <laughs> that you could say, hey, go get open. Outside of Devontae Smith, we have no one that can really do it. Quez is starting to get there a little bit, but he's still – he's been raw since we got him last year. See, but, to me, to me, Quez right now, he's just a – he's a shot guy right now. That's, yeah. that's who he is right now. That's exactly who he is. He's that big play, and you'd be like – Give, give him the ball more, but you can't because he's not like that. He's not a volume. He's not a volume guy. So right. sitting there, you know, relying on three wide receivers, 23 and under, outside of Smitty, not as skilled route running wise, that's not realistic. You're not going to be able to have Jalen throw 40 times a game to guys that can't get open at will. Yeah. And then the run pass discrepancy. You cannot win NFL games running the ball as little as they do. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's frustrating because it's like, you know, even though against Tampa Bay, we saw in the second half when they started running the ball, the offense started moving. And for you to have as talented of a running back as Miles Sanders is, and you just not use him, I, I, legit, I don't understand it. Like, I don't. He's, 
I used to think the whole they don't want to pay him, so they're going to use him less, but they're not using him at all. That's that's they're not even that, trying. <clears throat> they're not even trying. Right. And then you see it, right. give him a handoff, 14 yards, give him another handoff. That one drive to cut it to, I think, 14, where he had, what did he end up with, eight carries, 55 yards in the second half? Yeah. Like, feed him. Feed him. I promise you good things are going to happen. And that, when sitting there, you know, running play action when no one when no one thinks you're going to run, it doesn't work. The linebackers aren't going to bite. The safeties aren't going to bite. Yeah, and it's even with what they want to do, what they're what they're doing on offense. Like they're trying to be an RPO heavy team, which I don't think that's sustainable. But if that's what you're going to do, you have to run the ball. Yeah. Like you have to run the ball. And if you're leaving it in Jalen's hands, just tell him, hey, we're not running RPOs anymore. We're going to run these yeah. run these run plays. It's yeah, not your choice anymore. And I yep, get what he was, what Sirianni said. I think it was after the 49er game or Cowboy game or whichever one. He was like, um. They count the RPOs sort of as called runs, which because they can be like the the offensive line, they block as if it's a run play. But you have to have called runs over the course of a football game. Yeah, you could tell Jalen is the guy that if stuff isn't going right, he's just going to put it on me. I got it. Yeah, as bad as he wants to run the ball, he probably wants Miles Sanders to get 20 carries as well. Kenny Gainwell to get 20 carries as well. But he's going to say, all right, we're down 21-7. All right, I'm not handing this off. I'm gonna make a play. Yeah. And I can't blame him for that. That's that's the type of guy he is. He wants he wants the he wants to be the reason they win. He wants to be the reason they lose. Like, I mean, not the reason they lose, but he's gonna put it on his back if uh, if they lose. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said about putting your players in the right position to succeed, um, when Jalen not not all the time that Nick calls an RPO, Jalen doesn't always make the right decision. Yeah. Normally, like I I think it was um. In the Chiefs game, like he could, Chiefs or Bucks, whatever game it was, he could have threw it to uh, Devontae on the outside, but he just missed him and just gave it to Miles up the middle, and then it was like a one-yard gain or something like that. But so it's just like just just call the run, bro. Just call yeah, the run. If, if Jalen isn't making, if Jalen isn't at the height of his decision making right now, you shelve that for later. You yeah, work and, on it in practice. Though. And then another thing is running the ball. That take that would take a lot of the uh, pressure off of Jalen Hurst's shoulders. Like, you're depending on him to go and win you football games when, again, that's not who he is right now. Like, yeah. And another point, O-line. O-line, yeah. you can ask any O-lineman. They love run blocking because yep. instead of sitting back waiting for the defensive line and linebackers to come to them, yeah. they get to attack. So you're sitting there asking a makeshift O-line with Dillard on the left, Mylotta on the right, Herbig here, Driscoll here. Dickerson. To just constantly backpedal all game long, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Sirianni, he – and it's like I, I want to like him, but it's just like you're doing things that it's just like, bro, like what – why? Yeah. And you, have, you haven't won anything for you to, to be this stubborn with it. Yeah. And I think I, – I can't remember whose podcast it was. I think it was uh, Inside the Birds. They were saying that – um. Uh, with the lack of pre-stop, pre-snap motion and the lack of the running game, Sirianni, he might look at the roster and just say, oh, my offense is so good and I'm so good of a play caller, we can just go win one-on-one. Yeah. That's not what you have right now. And, yeah, that's what I was getting at with, like, the with Rager, Quez. And, like, we don't have the personnel to just be – we don't have Adam Thielen on one side and Justin Jefferson on the other yeah. and be like, hey, go win, go win your match. We don't have that. Exactly. So we need the pre-snap motion. We need the creativity. Yeah. And um, switching gears here to the defense, uh, what is what are you guys' outlook on the defense? Um, I've been more. I've been. I know a lot of the Eagles fan base thinks that uh, Jonathan Gannon is terrible and needs to be fired, <laughs> but I, I think he's done a solid job so far with what he's been given. Um, of course, you don't like the fact that he put. He puts linebackers on receivers sometimes. That's something that Jim Schwartz used to do. It's a little frustrating. But, again, it is his first year as a defensive coordinator. I think he's done a great job of executing the philosophy that he wants yeah. and, like, doing everything in his power to make sure the Eagles that they have a chance. Because in every game that we haven't played an elite offense, we've been in the game. Yeah. The even, against, uh, like, even against Tampa Bay. I would say Tampa Bay held them to seven Bay, points in the second half. Yeah, which is an elite offense again we got multiple turnovers 
against them, you know, just we, we gave our offense a chance and it's just, you know, we didn't get the chance to get it done. But Jonathan Gannon has done a solid job this uh, offseason, even though, you know, he does, he has made some mistakes. But yeah. Yeah, I was big on the get rid of Gannon, but it is a, it is a personnel issue. There's nothing he could really do. Yeah. You take off a linebacker, they're going to run it. Throw in a linebacker, they're going to abuse our line. There's nothing. Yeah. He's doing what he can. Yeah. I love I love Slay though. Slay and Hargrave, they're they're doing their thing. They're keeping us from being arguably the worst defense of all time. Yeah. Um so for me, you know, like you guys have just said, I'm gonna echo you guys' sentiments. They're running uh Jonathan Gannon's defense with Jim Schwartz's personnel. Yeah. In order for this defense to work, you have to have linebackers who can cover. The Eagles do not have that right now, and that's one of the main reasons why this defense looks the way it looks at times. Um, you know, like you said, Javon Hargrave, he's having a, I think, a, I, I don't think this is a stretch. He's having, he's having an awful season so far. Yeah. Um, Darius Slay, you know, he started to come on as late. Steven Nelson, um, he hasn't been bad as a second cornerback. So, Avante, um, Avante Maddox. Avante, yeah. yeah. Yeah, shout he's out to Avante. He's shine, man. He's shine. And I think that's just because he's where he's supposed to be. Like, Jim Schwartz had him on the outside. The guy's not mm-hmm. an outside corner. He's five foot nine. We've said this for years. Right. Yeah, man. Doesn't he have, like, the shortest wingspan in combine history? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and so. I don't want an outside covering Devontae Adams. You're hilarious, Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Funny guy. The thing is that gave him that false hope is when, he, when we played Chicago in that wild card game, and he strapped up yep. with Allen Robinson. Yep. I was like, all right, like. I think oh, that is on. one of those where the Shake Milton gave Doc Rivers Clippers 39, so you harp <laughs> on that and think he has that in him for yeah. the whole season, and he just doesn't. Cool. But, yeah, uh, our our DBs are, have been solid. Have been yeah. solid. Outside of, but the only yeah. thing outside of Rodney McLeod, I think our safeties are. <sighs> See, I don't, I don't, I don't think Anthony Harris is bad. I think he's bad. But he's not. He's not a in the upper echelon of safeties either. Yeah. Like he's, I think he's just at that starter level. Yeah, he's a starter. And then Epps is, bro. I, Epps is terrible. I don't Kayvon, understand. I don't think we've seen enough of Kayvon to like give him like a good like evaluation yet. Yeah. And he's been hurt too. Yeah. They say. Yeah. He, I think they say he's he's eligible to come off IR this week. I yeah. Think. This is third week. But but on Epps, I legitimately I don't understand why he's on the roster. I don't. Like, what does <laughs> What does he do? <laughs> and even that, that like, third, what was it, third and seven to basically yeah. give us the ball back last game against Tampa Bay, yeah. he threw it. I understand it's Tom Brady throwing to Antonio Brown. Yeah. His arms were there. Like, what were yeah, you looking were right at there, you couldn't yeah. smack it down? Yeah. <laughs> no, he he tried. He just couldn't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He, like, reached out. It went through his hands into Antonio Brown's chest. Like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Even I, I, when you're there to make a play, you can't make a play. <laughs> but uh, going back to a sort of aerial view of the uh, of the Eagles, um, the rest of the season or the next to me, I think the next four games are really going to decide the trajectory of this of this team where they can go. Um, I think they have the because they have the Raiders next week. They're at at Las Vegas, at Detroit in Week Eight versus the Chargers Week Nine, and at the Broncos Week Ten. Um, if they can go three and one over that stretch, and then going going to the I think the Saints game at what five and four, five and four, five and five, or five and five, yeah, yeah, I think that'll sort of give them a, a new ball game on the season. Yeah, yeah. I see I don't think any of two wins going into that Chargers game at home. A four and four Eagles team going to the link versus Chargers. That's a winnable game. That, that team is tough. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but that's a very winnable. Game. There's just a when you're three and five or you know two and six, whatever, then you're kind of deflated going to that game. But if you go off back-to-back road wins yeah. into that game coming back home, that's it's, it's a different it's a different feel for the fan base, for the crowd, for the players, for the coaches. Yeah. With them, the next two. Charges the toss up. I see us beating the Broncos. I see us beating New Orleans. I see a yeah, because the next what is it? The next one, two, three, four, five. Six. The next seven games, they're you know at at the Raiders, at the Lions versus Chargers, at Broncos versus Saints, at Giants, at Jets. I see maybe I see two losses. Two. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. And I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basing it off the quarterbacks we play. Uh, I see two good quarterbacks. Other than that, is Teddy Bridgewater, is he still hurt? Uh, I don't know. I, think I he, honestly don't know. Look into it. Yeah, like if especially if Teddy Bridgewater isn't in there, we gotta we play Drew Locke. Like I'm really excited <laughs> for that. Yeah, all I see is Herbert. Honestly, out of out of that yeah, string, Herb. Derek Carr is very, very spectrumish. He could either he's be hit or miss. Yeah, who yeah. is this guy? Or all right, this is Derek Carr. He's back. Yeah, yeah. I remember he almost he was he was running for MVP before that injury. Um, yeah, he had in uh Mexico playoffs. What was it like his? It broke his leg or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very. Let's say we go six and two over that stretch. What are we at? Eight and six. Yeah. Going into division, division games back to back to back to back. Yeah, like I'm talking, speaking and, of the division, I'm not gonna lie. Washington doesn't look great I, right now. Dallas got it. Honestly, I look at their schedule. I don't see a lot of losses for us to catch up. But in terms of wild card, I could be getting ahead of myself. The NFC isn't that good. It's not. It's not. There's a it's lot not. of teams in that three and two, two and three range with tough schedules that have to play us. Like, and like then, said, I'm a and then there's that, a there's that extra uh, there's that extra wild card spot too. Exactly. Yeah. We can we can sneak in Dallas. Like I said, Dallas. Winning games like they beat when they played the Chargers, those are games that typical Dallas or typically Dallas loses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still don't have confidence in that defense. Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. I see him as like a Marcus Peters. Trayvon more. Diggs is a monster, man. Yeah. I see him more as a Marcus Peters instead of like a junior. Like he's just Maybe. an opportunity. Like he's a playmaker. He gets yeah. carved up, but he's a playmaker. Like yeah. Or yeah, like Richard Sherman. Like, like he's, he's Richard Sherman player. without Earl Thomas behind him. Like, he's going to yeah. gamble on a lot, and he's going to win a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And um, before we move on to the next topic, we would be remiss if we do not mention the uh, Zacharis trade. Um, yeah. It was it was tough, man. Like, it that hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, it, and it's like, it's like his production is tailed off in the last few years, but it's just like the, I guess the emotional connection you have to the player is still yeah. there. Like, and that's yeah. the thing, like, I get I always understood why the Wentz like lovers was so upset. But for me, Wentz was here what five years? Yeah. Ertz been here nine, is it? Outside nine? of honestly, Ertz honestly. Here forever. He was here since Sam Bradford. You know what I mean? Like we saw baby Ertz. Like Bro, like I saw a play the other day with uh I think it was I think it was against the Jets with Sam Bradford was a quarterback. Like it brought back so much nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> And I remember being at the New Orleans uh, during the Chip Kelly games. Uh, yeah. The New Orleans playoff game when Zach Ertz caught the touchdown to put us up. I mean, we end up losing, but like Ertz is just when we needed him, he came through. Like he's a legend. Yeah, we can call him No Yak Zach or whatever. Yeah, when, we, when we needed Ertz, he did his thing. That whole I still Super Bowl, that last drive in the Super Bowl, like fourth down conversion, touched. Ertz is that dude, man. Yeah. yeah, man. I still remember when um he cooked Harrison uh Harrison Smith at the sideline. <laughs> oh my god. Out, up, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it was it's, it was tough, but I think it was it was sort of kind of needed because they're gonna get like now with Ertz being out of the picture, they're gonna get to get a I guess a full view of Dallas Goddard as the number one tight end on this roster. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. It was one of those things, but when it finally happened, it's like, oh, all right, like, yeah. Because when, because when uh, Jay Glazer during the pregame, when he um when he said that he was expecting one of Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz to be traded, I'm like, huh? So. Yeah, and then the thing during the off season when they were like when Jordan Hicks was upset. Yeah. I'm like, they're not relying on Max Williams. Like that's that's not a thing. And then, so I'm like, yo, that's a perfect trade. Send Ertz out there, bring Jordan Hicks back home, whatever. Then Max Williams got hurt, what was it, two weeks ago, last week? Mm-hmm. It was two weeks ago. I was like, it's happening. I thought we were going to get Hicks, but like I said, I think linebackers are valuable. 99% of the world thinks linebackers are valuable. Howie Roseman doesn't. Roseman doesn't think so. <laughs> but Tay, Tay's my guy. I want to Tay in the yeah. draft. Yeah, he, and he follows me on Twitter, so that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited about Tay Gallon. Yeah, I'm excited. I like him a lot. He has some unteachable traits. 
Yeah. The speed, the length, yeah. the 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 willingness to tackle. Yeah. Yep. He's just he just needs to be coached up, and it is what it is. Yeah. I, I trust Gannon, you know, coaching him up. Yeah, we trust Gannon with cornerbacks. Yeah, like I said, it just screams like dime defense for me. Like, um, Gannon's uh, whole scheme has been you know good for corners. It's just been you know beneficial to him. So I'm excited for Tate, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so uh, on next Sunday, the Eagles they take on the Raiders. Um, what is you guys' outlook on that game? I think it's a blowout. <laughs> blowout win. Blowout win. There's so much going on with that team. Yeah. Not just, I mean, yeah, it is Gruden, but like, you can say, oh yeah, you know, the coach is out. Well, you know, the offensive coordinator, whoever steps up, it's 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 tough. Yeah. It is t- it's tough to, when it's when when it's a situation like that and like I don't really know what to call it, I guess the the disgusting comments he made, I yeah. think it's like it's that kind of stuff, like you said, you know, it, it lingers among the team. Like yeah. we're Max Cross, we needed a mental yeah. health day. Yeah, man. And yeah. you sit there, like at the end of the day, you sit there and be like, Look, the front office hired him. Yeah. If they were cool with this, yeah, how can I trust them? Like, I know it's just not John Gruden doing this. Like, in the back of my head, I can't prove it, but I'm like, you know what I mean? It yeah. could be the assistants. It could be the front office. It could be the owner. It could be whoever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think their season is is done. Yeah, because, I mean. It's no longer if, just football for them. Yeah, if you looking at it from looking at their uh, schedule, who they play so far, they're 3-2 and two right now. Um, They've beaten the. They beat the Ravens in week one, and I think they were still kind of trying to, like, figure out who they were as an offense with all the injuries they've had and different things like that. Um, they beat the Steelers week two, and they beat the Dolphins, who just lost to the Jaguars. Um, and they've lost to the Chargers, and they lost to Chicago last week. So, I don't know. I think... And even in their wins, they needed, like, second-half comebacks. Yeah. It wasn't like they just dominated. Yeah. Right. And they got the they got the Broncos on... Today. Today, yeah. Yeah, so we gonna see. We gonna yeah, see. I don't know. I think I think it's a, I think it's a win, but I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a blowout, but I think it's a win. I think I'll I see it as maybe like a twenty twenty four fourteen, twenty four seventeen type of game. Yeah. I see like one Atlanta points. I don't think they're scoring that many points, I'm gonna be real. Yeah. I see week one Atlanta like thirty to, to seven or something like that. I don't know, man. Darren, 2010. Darren Waller, them having Darren Waller, that's to me that that's that's their I know that's their big weapon, but I think that's like at least fourteen guarantee right there. That's slight. That's slay day. You saw what he did mm. in Kelsey. Well, yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, they really go, like they we really we don't. we've shut down a lot of talented tight ends right, this year. Right. Besides besides uh, the talented receivers that we've gone up against, besides Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill, who are great wide receivers in their own right. Um, we we haven't allowed like great yeah, we haven't. performances. Yeah. And normally that's expected. Like, oh yeah, Waller's gonna get this. Kelsey gonna get this. Yeah. Kittle, right. what Kittle put? He was his first game back last year at San Francisco. He had like 150. He went, Fresh, yeah, like, ten three. catches, 150. Yeah. Yeah, we got abused by tight ends, and for whatever reason, OJ Howard had a solid game. Yeah. He had a solid game uh, last week, but other than yeah, that, but now that you now that you mentioned it, I really just thought about it. Outside of Darren Waller. And Henry Ruggs, who's right yeah. now, I think he's he's really like a just a shot guy right now. And Gannon's whole thing is taking away the deep play. I would say we don't we don't they, give up the deep ball, so it is. Yeah, it they is, it is. They really don't have that much firepower on offense. Like Waller's going to get his. He's a he's yeah. a freak of nature. He's not normal. But Slay, was he giving up 80 yards combined in six yeah. weeks, something like that? Right. What's their uh What's the word on their running backs? Because I know Josh Jacobs. He was hurt at one point. I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's back. But he's one of those Christian McCaffrey's like week to week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. He hasn't even been like. No disrespect to Josh Jacobs, but he hasn't been that impactful while. Yeah. While he just got cleared to play today. Yeah, at least this year he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they they've been this year for whatever reason kind of eagleish where he's just not getting touches. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're gonna replace your touches with a screen game. That's another topic within itself on the Eagles, man. That that's the screens. I, I don't I don't understand what the what's the word what the 
I don't know. I can't think of the word. I don't understand why they're doing it so much. Yeah. Like, it's predictable. Like, yeah, versus running. Atlanta, it was a lot of off coverage. Yeah. And you would have – it would be, uh, you know, unbalanced. It would be three wide receivers with two DBs and a linebacker. So you can afford to throw it to yeah. Rager, Quez, or something. Now you got three three corners stacked on three wide receivers, and you're still trying yep. to do it. And Fine. it's like – even going back to the Tampa Bay game yet again, when they started moving the ball and they got into Tampa Bay territory – what was it, a swing pass to Quez Watkins? Yeah, yeah, and that just killed the entire drive. Like, what are you – no, it was, a, it was a swing pass, and then they tried to tighten the screen to Ertz. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't know why we're throwing screens to Ertz for him to get anything like, yak-wise. I don't get And, I mean, I, I get it. I get it because tight end screens, they generally, when you call them, they do work, but – but we Goddard, Goddard yeah. makes it work. Goddard can make people miss. Ertz, yeah. he got unlaced Tim's on, and it just doesn't <laughs> make sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, man. They just with the Eagles, the thing for them is they just have to start games better. Like their their game scripts have to improve in order for them to have success. That's what that's the number one thing I think. For and them. it was flawless the first what yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Like they, Atlanta first uh, came down a uh, touchdown. 49ers, I think we got in the red zone. That's when he missed Ertz. Uh, over the top, but we still got a field goal. Kansas City marched right down the field, field goal. Like, was it Kansas City week three? No, that was what you're saying. You, the Earth's miss was Kansas City. The when they played against uh San Francisco, I think that was the Philly special thing that they tried. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but like yeah, we got, we got there. It's not that there yeah. was no issues getting down the field. Now it seems like everything is so forced. It's so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it again it goes back to they have to run the ball, like you, they have to run the ball early on. I don't understand why it's such a difficult concept for them to grasp. At least make the I defense think, feel like there's a threat to run. Yeah, yeah, I do think that um, Thursday wasn't. I don't think Thursday was the best opportunity to do that because Tampa Bay has like a great front. Well, yeah, line, yeah, you, yeah. Of course, of course, you still have to run the ball and stuff, but like Tampa Bay. You got to give them credit. They did a great job on Sunday. Their uh, uh, D-line and – I mean, not Sunday, but Thursday. Their D-line and O-line. Their O-line yeah. was incredible as well. Vita, yeah, Vea. I, 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 totally, I totally understand what you're saying about them being the number one rushing defense and everything like that. But mm-hmm. one rush in the first half, man. The thing is, Ty Bowles is too creative of a defensive coordinator for you to limit your game. Yeah, you're making – You can make you limit your game. All right, that's a different story. But if you're going into from the jump, because they said it at the halftime that – Sirianni didn't even plan on really running the ball. If that's your game plan to, to avoid that, Todd Bowles is going to eat you alive. Yeah, He's like, going to eat you alive think, with a veteran quarterback, let alone a guy making his 10th start yeah, on like, a short week. It's like you're making yourself one-dimensional. You're putting yourself on the defense. Yeah. Make them stop you in the run game. Yeah, exactly. Yourself. Yeah. But um, so switching gears here to the Sixers, uh, their first game of the season is Wednesday against Ben is Alex. back. <laughs> Let's go, Ben Simmons. I don't ben have to is throw back. my jersey. <laughs> Before we get into oh Ben, what's your guys' outlook on the team right now? Because I know for me, like, and I was talking to Derek about this before the pod, I, my emotional connection to them is just not there. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm man, just like, I'm not gonna lie. like it's, it's really just vibes for me. With me? Like, yeah. Joe is Joe, and B yeah. is always going to be the GOAT. He is what he is. Tobias is what he is. Seth, Danny Green, whatever. I'm all about Tyrese Maxey and Isaiah Joe. I don't care about right, nothing exactly. else. Nothing else. All Those I are my young that. guys. <laughs> That's it. So the fact that they yeah. they performed like they did. Like, I didn't really watch the games like that, but I watched, you know, playbacks or highlights, things like that. Seeing their improvement. Yeah. Seeing Maxey. When Maxey would, last year, when Maxey would run a pick and roll and someone would go underneath he kind of hesitate. Occasionally, he would pull up, but he would, like, hesitate, wait for you to close out, trying to go by you. Now, all right, go ahead. I dare you to go underneath. Let it go. Yeah. Isaiah Joe, for some reason, has a handle now. <laughs> he can play make. They both have that, yeah. that floater lane, that automatic floater. Tyrese Maxey came the other day, came off the screen to the right, crossed back, went up with the left, a floater with the left. I'm like, I didn't know he had this. <laughs> Isaiah Joe falling away, floater. I'm like, I didn't know they had. You could tell they've been in the lab. You could tell they've been working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's all I'm excited about. Um, the Sixers don't really have 
In comparison to the Eagles, they don't really have, like, a lot of young guys that you're excited for except Tyrese and Isaiah Joe. Paul Reed is not getting playing time from Doc Rivers. He's not getting playing time. So and he's I, still I gave very raw. Like he, yeah. you could throw him in as like a spark plug or something like that when when things are going, you know, bad, and you need yeah. just some type of energy. But he's not a guy that you can really like rely on. More yeah, than Dwight yeah. Howard, yes, but not with this current team. Yeah. But also yeah. that Dwight Howard standard was very very low, so yeah. it's very easy to surpass that. But um, yeah, man, I'm I. I mean, of course, I think they could make the playoffs. Like, people were asking me the other day, do you think the Sixers are going to make the playoffs? Of course they're going to make the playoffs. What, what kind of question is that? But, like, it's just the fact that we're – I feel like we might be stuck in purgatory right now. Yep. Yeah, and that's the not, that's that's the exact thing the process was meant to avoid. Mm-hmm. But, right. Purgatory. And it's and frustrating. Another reason with the Sixers is, like you said, we're making the playoffs. I don't really care about the regular season. I want to see what we look like when it matters most. We're probably going to win in the first round. Cool. What happens then? I think it's all. We could win. We could go 73 and 9 or 74 and 8, whatever. I don't care. What happens in the second round when those lights are brighter and you're playing a team that you should beat or you shouldn't beat, whatever, when you're playing an an equally talented team, what do you do? Even Embiid didn't have the greatest seat, like statistically versus Atlanta, he did. But a lot of the fourth quarters, Embiid wasn't Embiid. Nope. Turning the ball over, getting frustrated, letting Capella frustrate him, missing that layup. What was it, game four? Embiid doesn't miss that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not, not even that he was like Embiid, one. Tobias eight. Harris. Tobias Harris in game four was like what seven to twenty-four. Yeah, game seven. He was eight to twenty-four. I mean, like, game seven. Game seven. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. That's just like it's just like guys. Guys have to step up when it's time to step up, and it's just if if they do it this year, they do it this year. But I just don't. I'm not really excited, you know. I don't think they are. Yeah. So you know, for me, like I just said, like the Sixers, for me right now, they're just there. Like, yeah. um, I don't really have. I'm going into this season with zero expectations. I mean, you know, of course they're going to make playoffs. That's that's just the Eastern Conference. They're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But after that, I don't. I don't really have an opinion on how they're going to do. I think it's all contingent upon what happens with Ben Simmons. Um, and that's a, that's a good segue into uh, our topic on him or talking about him um, with him returning. Uh, I think they said they don't know if he's going to play. I think Doc Rivers said today he's not in what game shape or whatever. Game shape, yeah. yeah. So he said he looked good, but he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't there yet. Yeah. And I think it's, it's pretty telling. Like when you listen to the players talk about him, like I think, what was it? Matisse Thalbo, they asked him about him today. What did you feel? What did it feel like having him back? What he said, he was like, he's like I, I just live, live my life or yeah, something. Like he's like, I live in my world. It's a bias here. He's like, why don't you ask me how I did in practice? Like, why yeah, are you? <laughs> like, even with, um, I think Seth Curry, like whenever they've asked him about him, he's just like, Oh, he's a grown man. Yeah. Like, even when know. he's gonna do what he do, you yeah. can there there it's a it's an annoying topic for them. Yeah. And I was talking I don't, to somebody on Twitter the other day. I'm like, Danny Green is probably the most vocal where it seems like he despises everything that Ben Simmons is and everything that he did. Yeah. Like you could just tell he was like, Look, man, he needs to just come here, do his thing, like it's it's a business at the end of the day, like do your job and that's yeah. it. Because I think I think it's like for the players that were there, it's it's frustrating. For you guys, like they're trying to get him to come to camp, and they're thinking about taking a trip to LA to come, you know, talk. You like, nah. You're like, nah, don't, nah, don't. The only reason you came back is because you lost a million dollars. Yeah, bro. Like, like I said, like he saw that eight point two five wasn't in his account, man. He hit Rich Paul. He's like, oh, oh, oh we started selling couches, <laughs> dining room tables. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I don't know, man. It, it's the whole Ben Simmons situation. Is it's it's weird, man. It's it's and it's sad, but it's, it's weird, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. And, like, from a from a human perspective, I'm not going to lie. I feel for Ben a little bit. I do feel for him when he said, like, the Sixers were such a good team early on in his career, like, he couldn't make mistakes. Like, I understand that 100%. I understand, like, having that pressure on you. But it's, like, at the same time, bro, we gave you a max contract. And you're denying and this and it's not and it's not just a max contract like they've accommodated him year after year Joel Embiid has sacrificed paying in, yeah like Joel Embiid has sacrificed playing in the post in order for you to be down in, in the dunker spot 
Like we traded a top fifteen player, bro. Jimmy Butler. Brett Brown. We to... Brett Brown was fired <laughs> because of you. Like, and it's like, and it's like the moment they ask you to somewhat develop or somewhat do something you're uncomfortable with, you're like, oh nah, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Zay said, like I, I get it. Where you get drafted nine times out of ten, you get drafted to a bad team, mm-hmm. and it's like. I'm going to just shoot. I don't care if I go 10 for 40. I'm going to shoot every single time. I'm going to work on, like, when I used to play, like, rec league and stuff versus AAU. AAU, there's things that I would try, but I would be hesitant on because I know I wasn't good at it. Rec league, I try everything because I know I can fail and it's okay. That's how that's how most number one or most lottery picks are. Ben didn't get that opportunity. But for me, if I'm like, yo, we're this close. I won 50 games my first year. All right, watch this. Watch next summer. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you lose on four bounces to Kawhi. I mean, that's if that's not motivation, like, dude, we could have won. Yeah. Hey, yo, Elton, Brett, bring Jimmy back, bring Tobias back, bring JJ Reddick back. We gonna run this back. I'ma go with this shooting coach. Who you need me to work with? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He probably sat there. You know what? Yeah, we lost. Yo, get Jimmy out of here because he he took the ball from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you don't dunk on Trey Young when you have the opportunity. Then we're like, yo, that was a turning point. Yeah, I'm leaving. Y'all trade. Yeah, and it's like, and then it's like for me, like everybody keeps bringing up Embiid and Doc's comments. Like me personally, to me, they just answered the questions. Like I don't understand what. Right. And with Doc's more specifically than Joel, like I can see him getting upset over Joel's kind of. But with Doc, where he was like, "Do you think Ben Simmons could be a point guard on the championship team?" He's like, "I don't know." What is he supposed to say? Yes, we have no rings, so he doesn't. He literally doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like they just lost. To and the Embiid, Hawks. <laughs> and then B didn't say that one play. He was like, and then they came down and scored. Next yeah. possession, I turned the ball over. So it wasn't – he didn't just blame Ben. He he blamed that that four or five possessions that lost in the game. Ben probably just heard the first one, clicked off the TV, and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, to California. Yeah. And I think, like, Zay, like you touched on, like, on a personal level, you know, you do feel for him. You know, and I think there's a conversation to be had about the sort of mental health aspect in all of this. Because there was a recent report, I think, from Ramona Shelburne, 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 I think that's how you say it. Um, but anyway, there's a recent report that uh, ahead of Game 7 against the Hawks, Ben actually tried to, I guess, and I don't want to get the verbiage wrong, um, I think they said he said he came into contact with someone who had COVID or something like the masseuse, that. The masseuse yeah. had an inconclusive test. Yeah. He claimed to come in contact or get a massage from her, I guess, or be in contact with her. No one on the team saw her. Yeah, so it's kind of like, and I mean, it's been communicated to me before that sort of with Ben's mental, that's a, that's a, I guess it's like an ongoing battle with him and everything, like the sort of pressure that he feels and things like that. And I think there's something to be said about the sort of, like you touched on, Derek, there's something to be said about the pressure that athletes face. Like from high school, I guess from like a junior, senior high school, every move they make is examined. Like, And with him, it's not like he was... Ingram, who yeah. turned or came on a scene late. He's been yeah. like that since he came here. Yeah. Ben so Simmons, like, Vince, bro, they compared him to LeBron. He was yeah. on a, he was on Slam Magazine, Sports Illustrated, 15, 16 years old. Yo, next LeBron, next LeBron. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's, this isn't a topic, we're obviously not talking about Le, LeBron right now, but LeBron being able to do what he did, no, it's hard to live up to the hype, but he's yep. exceeded the hype. Yep. It's it's tough to ask. LeBron just has that that I'm not saying Ben is soft or anything, but LeBron has that mental toughness to be able to take it, yeah, and and continue to to exceed Ben. And I mean even he's just not with, and it's not his fault. It's not you can't blame him for not being able to to, to live up to the next LeBron. Yeah, and I mean even with LeBron early on in his career, he had to sort of get over all of it. Yeah, like, it was he had kind to of leave. Yeah, he had to leave. Cleveland. Find himself, yeah. come back. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, the mental health, there is a conversation to be had about that and all the pressure that athletes face and, you know, different things of that nature. And man, that, that hurts, man. Anytime I talk about Ben, yeah. there's just so much potential to last three years this team. It just, it just reminds me of, like, how many times, how much time I spent Defending Ben Simmons <laughs> to other people, bro. Dude. How much? Oh my God, bro! It's, it's, it's just like, 
the I amount jersey, bro. the amount the amount of what do you call it lunch table discussions I had back in high school defending son <laughs> bro everybody you couldn't say Ben's name I'm spazzing face beat red like <laughs> keep bro, Ben out bro, your I, mouth I literally have a Ben Simmons I mean not a Ben Simmons chain but I have a um 76ers chain and I would wear I used to rock it a lot in high school and then I would walk around and people would be asking me about like yo where's Ben Simmons jump shot at Yo, when is he gonna when is he gonna do this? When is he gonna do that? Bro, ask me about Joel Embiid. That's the best player on the team. Please talk to me about him. Don't talk to me about Ben Simmons, bro. I got an Embiid jersey from when he was a rookie. But I have the Rocky Balboa, like the stars that go around that surround the number. I got that in gray, I got that in white, I got the cream seventy oh, Philadelphia and Kurt. I got bro, I got four Ben Simmons jerseys. That was my guy, bro. Yeah. God, like, no, lie. Wrong my no lie, his jersey was le- legitimately the first like sports jersey I've ever purchased. Like, ben Simmons was, yeah, dead. bro. Like that's my guy, and it hurts, man. Like, like cheated it hurts, on bro. <laughs> it really it feel like cheated like, on. Like it's like at the same time we have to, we it's like at, at the same time we have to be honest about what the situation is, man. Like, and that's that's the worst part. Like talking yeah. about somebody that you defended for so long, yeah. right? I was out here calling this man a top 15 player for a while, bro. When he had that stretch, he had that stretch in 2019, that January stretch, I was like, oh, he's a top 15 bro. player, bro. This is bro. top 12 player. It might have been our first podcast episode ever when we was, me and P was sitting there talking about, yeah, we might need to get rid of Embiid and build around Ben. Like, oh, bro, no lie. No lie. I remember tweeting it. If I think I said, if you have to trade one of them, you, the trade, shoes, yeah. Yeah, you trade, you trade Embiid. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe it, man. I was also in that camp, man. I don't I know. I thought Ben was. Ooh, I thought we got. Some, I was. I thought we get some shooters around Ben. And he get a little jump shot. That's oh, it. Bro, I thought it was gonna be cold. Man, broke his face. Oh. I said this is gonna be the future. <laughs> ben with a thousand shooters, and we gonna win like five chips. But the most frustrating part is it's in there. Ben can do it. He just it's just a struggle to get it out of him. That's the most frustrating part to me. The. Man, Sixteen game win streak. Ben, his rookie year, plays on last year's team or even a 2019 team with Jimmy Butler. We have two chips. Like even if like you go back and what like you just brought up the uh, what was it the 2018 the stretch when they won 16 games in a row made the playoffs. Like that Ben, that's not the same Ben that we see today. Like he doesn't even move. He doesn't even move the same. Outside of that one point game that he had against Boston, he wasn't that bad. That yeah. one-point game just kind of weighed. When you play five games, obviously having one point, you know, two rebounds and two assists is going to weigh on your overall averages. But yeah. four out of those five games, he was good. Yeah. yeah. It's just a running joke, him holding the Wilt Chamberlain sign with one <laughs> point. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know what happened after that. I think it's – honestly, I think it – remember in the bubble when he – what was it, the back injury or foot injury or whichever in yeah, the knee injury, I think that slowed him down. Because ever since then, like, the quickness with which he moved with before, like, I haven't seen that, like, at all. Yeah. And when he get the re- – like, those those long rebounds and pushes yeah, in the transition, yeah. you weren't stopping him on the break. Now yeah. he's just kind of like, all right, let me Because it's like he, he's gotten – like, yeah, he's gotten more passive with it. Like, he isn't, yeah. he isn't looking to attack. And his repertoire around the rim. Like, Ben was never a great finisher, but – he was solid as a rookie. Yeah. Like at the rim, he was. Chances are, right and left, he was finishing. Yeah. I don't. I. I don't. I really don't get. It. And like, like we said, like we talked about the the whole mental health aspect. You lose to Boston, as a Philly fan, it's an issue. Yeah. You have one point in that series. You're getting threats on Twitter. And he's sitting there like, all right, as a as a rookie, what 20, 21 years old. Yeah. You're like, all right, this city hates me. Then the next year, you lose to Toronto, and you struggle versus Kawhi. All right, this city definitely hates me. Like, and you're already, you know, I don't want to use the term weak-minded, but you struggle with, you know, mental health. It's going to be an issue moving forward. Ben, you need to do this, and if you don't, you suck. And he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to do something I suck at, so. And then it's just a revolving door. All right, well, shoot the ball. Well, you said I suck, so I'm not going to shoot the ball. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. But to bring it back to the aerial view of the Sixers, um, right now, pre- I guess preseason predictions, I guess if you want to call it that, where do you think they finish in the Eastern Conference? I say Ben Simmons plays all year, doesn't get traded till next year. We go, I say around 55 wins, get a two seed behind Milwaukee. 
two seed. Yeah. Brooklyn, I don't think is that good. Hmm. That's that's without that's, Kyrie, without that's lofty expectations, my brother. Because James Harden and KD aren't playing 82 games. They might not play 70. Not saying they're going to get hurt, but they're they're especially what happened last playoffs. They're not gonna. Like I said, they're like the the Cavs of years past with LeBron, where all right, I don't care if I get the three seed, the four seed, whatever seed, you're not gonna beat us in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's gonna be a Brooklyn. They're gonna end up like three, four. Miami is gonna be there with with Brooklyn. I think one, two, three, four is Milwaukee, us, Brooklyn, and Miami. Yeah. And then you get you throw Chicago in there, you throw Atlanta in there. The Knicks, I think last year was fluky. I see them as like a seven, eight play-in type. Um, who am I missing? Boston. They'll probably be six, seven. Toronto. They don't, even out, yeah, Toronto. They don't scare me either. There's not really many teams in the East that scare me. Giannis is Giannis. The bro, Bucks, you, wait, bro, pause right there. Have you seen that video that's going around? I think it was a preseason game. Like, bro is pulling. Yeah. No, he's it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of scary. Like, what we like, say about Ben Simmons, if he get a jumper, it, it's done right now with Giannis. Yeah. He might average 40. Yeah. In like 28 minutes too. Yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna play that that much. He's he's gonna he's ridiculous. Yeah. So for but, me, um, I think I have it. I, I'll go through my, I guess I'll go through my top five because I don't. I'm like I said, I haven't really been into basketball like that since the Sixers like ripped my heart out. But <laughs> uh, number one, I'll go of course Milwaukee. Number two, I'm gonna say Miami. Three, Brooklyn. Four, the Sixers, and five, I'll say, uh, Chicago. What about you, Zay? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say probably have Milwaukee first, then Brooklyn, then Miami, then Philly, then Chicago. Yeah. Chicago look fun. Yeah, yeah bro, like, they, they look fun. That's what that that was that was something I wanted to touch on. Like they're like well they've added in uh, Alonzo and um Caruso and who else did they DeRozan. The, yeah, DeRozan, like they're they're gonna be a good team. They're gonna they're gonna And they didn't they didn't get players just cause and then hope they mix. Like yeah. they play they very fit well. all together, so yeah. Backcourt of Levine and Lonzo is tough. Bro. Especially new jumper Lonzo. Levine and Lonzo on the <laughs> break, bro. <laughs> that is tough. Caruso yeah. off the bench, they still got Kobe White. They still they still do have Kobe White. Patrick Williams. That team is tough. Vucevic. Yeah. Oh my God, they do have Vucevic. I forgot yeah. about him. Chicago's Chicago's there. I don't they think make they'll some make noise this year. Yeah, I don't think they'll make playoff noise because Lonzo hasn't made the playoffs yet. Levine, I don't think has. I think he made no. it. I think he made it. No, because he Minnesota? Minnesota team. No, because he he got he got traded for Jimmy. I think. Hmm? No. He didn't? He wasn't on that Minnesota team, right? What was that, 18, 19? No, it had to be 18. Didn't he get – that's where he got traded for Jimmy, didn't he? That's yeah, how he no, ended no, up no. on I Chicago. Think, I'm just saying I don't think he was on that Minnesota team. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. DeRozan hasn't made it in a while. Patrick Williams never made it. Vucevic, I don't think, has ever made it. So they don't yeah, they don't have a the, um yeah they did. Uh remember when they played I think they played the, right? the Raptors. They played the Raptors. Um yep. the yep. Raptors yep. I think it was Jonathan Isaac's like first his first season, something like that. Yeah. Like that's when he got hurt and it was done after that. Yeah. But yeah, they have a very inexperienced team, so I don't see them making playoff noise this year, but they gonna be they're gonna be one of those like league pass teams where yeah. it's must see TV. Oh, you we forgot to mention the Hornets. They're, they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot, too, I think. Yeah. That's going to be a, an interesting play in that 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Imagine if it's, if it's Chicago and Charlotte. That would be fun. Lonzo versus LaMelo. Yeah. 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 Not but, a, he's, he's a solid. He's definitely going to be solid this year. Yeah. But um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So, um, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. And on whichever podcast streaming platform you're listening on, be sure to give us a rating and leave a review. Um, you can follow the podcast Twitter at New Norm Pod, and um, you can follow me on Twitter at PRB3 underscore. Uh, Derek, what's I forgot yours? What's your? Call me D D E E underscore eleven. <laughs> you go ahead, Zay. What's yours? Uh, Ask Zay with two N's. I think it's a.
Yeah, S T E N M D O Z A E. Yeah. And um, you can catch my written work as well as the entire Philly Blitz team over on thephillyblitz.com and follow us on Twitter at thephillyblitz underscore. All right, everybody. Peace. Peace.